Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean and this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. This week, Kate and I are on the third segment on equine stretching and uh, exercises and flexibility. Now, the first paper we did actually had a case study with exercises. The second paper was on using the goniometer. And now this one is titled Gymnastic Training and Dynamic Mobilization Exercises Improve Stride Quality and Increase Epaxial Muscle Size in Therapy Horses. This is a 2015 paper. Uh, It is by De Oliveira et al., And the objective of this paper was to evaluate the efficacy of gymnastic training, which I love in horses, and dynamic mobilization exercises. And they wanted to see the efficacy of the improvement or lack thereof of stride length and epaxial muscle size. And they used therapy horses for their subjects. Now they use nine crossbred therapy horses. These horses generally had 25 minute sessions of therapy three times a week. So these exercises were also done three times a week, but on different days. So um, I thought it was great. The study was um, what was it, three months, 90 days, and they had three groups. So they had a sedentary group that only did the therapy sessions. And then they had the dynamic mobilization exercise group. And then they had the uh, dynamic mobilization exercise group with gymnastic training. And the gymnastic training included uh, pelvic tilting, backing, turning in small circles, and walking over a raised rail to strengthen the abdominal and pelvic stabilizer muscles. So as I said, these were performed three days per week. And I don't know, Kate, I kind of went over the training program. And I think it would be about a 20 to 25 minute session as well. So what, what did you think of it? Yeah, I think it would have mimicked pretty closely to how long they would have been doing their therapy sessions for their therapy sessions. And they would have basically, the horses are used as instruments for practitioners to treat individuals who have disabilities or special needs. So our, when we talked in the past about therapy horses and their use, but this is a rider that's poorly balanced, poorly coordinated, often overweight, all of which is going to increase stress on a therapy horse. And that's why this study was really great that it was done on this cohort 
because it's looking at horses that are having to deal with a more difficult load than your trained rider that's on their back. And if it can make improvements for them, then it can be utilized really well in our um, competition horses or even in our older ponies, things to keep them nice and fit. Um, but I thought this was particularly interesting, like the breakdown of the different exercises that they did with the horses. One in particular, they talked about doing what's called a pelvic tilt. And I had not heard of this before. So I Googled it and it just, it, I found it fascinating. So a pelvic tilt in the paper, they talk about you put pressure at a certain point in the pelvis and you get the horse to hold that stance for five seconds and that trains and strengthens the muscles. And in my head, I just imagined if we were to do a pelvic tilt, we would be kind of bringing our hips forward. So in my head, they were rounding their bum down. If if anyone can picture that visual, a podcast probably isn't the best time to train. <laughs> but when I actually looked at it, it was it wasn't really as I expected. I expected that they were bringing their bum down but they don't, It's they actually tilt the front of their pelvis. There's some great videos that you can get of um, equine veterinary physiotherapists doing this, and it's a natural response in the horse. So the physio stands at the back of the horse and runs their two hands down along the spine. And when they get to that sweet spot just above the pelvis, um, the horse tilts down, and then they're just really slowly moving their hands the whole way back to the tail and that takes a couple of seconds and by the time they get back to the tail the horse releases it again and um, one of the videos i saw was very sweet because they give them a real nice bum scratch as their reward and the horse is just like lifting their feet absolutely loving it yeah. but i find that so fascinating i like it's i've seen physio done in horses a lot and i don't know if this is just something that slipped my attention no, I wouldn't have seen it, I suppose, from a veterinary point of view. Anytime I saw physio was pre-becoming a veterinary nurse. But, yeah, I just didn't realize that reflex was specifically there and can be so easily utilized. Like, owners can easily do this pelvic tilt and get them to hold that for five seconds. Yeah, and I've also done it going along the bicep femoris, which that kind of that groove, that's um, kind of the hamstring of the hind leg. And there's a pressure point in there that you can apply pressure and they'll do the same movement. And sometimes if I have a horse that won't allow me to stretch out a back foot to look at the hoof, um, he's tight in in the hamstring so you can do a pelvic tilt and kind of massage that hamstring area and um that allows them to be able to release and give you their foot so you can kind of stretch it towards the back and work on it so um i thought that was a great point i need to do more of those especially in my elderly horse um because you can get you know look at us as people we get tight hamstrings if we don't stretch them but um, and they did mention that in this paper that while it wasn't used in their present study 
the technique of using massage can be useful for increasing that hind limb protraction. So, you know, massage is very much underrated. Even in people, like, if you're going to physio and to do online physio, particularly over the last couple of years, sometimes you just need that muscular release that comes with a massage. You need that to loosen up a tight muscle. You know, the stretching alone isn't enough. We kind of have to mix modalities there. And um, so I think that's really useful. And it's probably something we could look into a little bit more and look at a paper on equine massage and massage therapies. Um, but the other the other stretches they did in this are familiar to me. Certainly the cervical flexion exercises. So chin to chest, chin between the knees and chin to the fetlocks between the forelegs. That would have been something that we would have commonly done and um, baited. So using treats to get the horse to do those stretches. Um, and then what were the other ones, Nancy? Chin to shoulder, chin to flank, and chin to hind fetlock? Let me see here. Yeah, um, they had a total of 10. So, yeah, chin to shoulder, um, both sides, right and left. So chin to right shoulder, chin to left shoulder, and then uh, chin to both sides of the flank, and then uh, chin to the hind fetlock. And so um, the one I was missing was that cervical extension. So you could go out and let their nose and their uh, skull almost flatten to get a good stretch. And then also Just to create up. a nice long yeah. line, is it, from yeah. their nose to their tail? Yeah. And remember when we did the dynamic and static stretching the dynamic was always uh, motion. So mm -hmm. that cervical extension, you could go out, up, and back out again. And then the horse can relax. And um, I don't know. I thought this was great that there was improvement in their stride quality. And they assessed that stride quality by measuring their um, stride length and then their tracking distance. So um, the improvement in the epaxial muscle, that was assessed by um, ultrasound, and they did the uh, longissimus dorsi and thickness, and then the, what was it, multifidy or multi, um, I know I'm saying that wrong, multifidus um, muscle that's a cross-section muscle. So a lot of times in sports therapy, they tell you to do cross-fiber massage because um, it's more effective. So that was the only one that the measurement improved and it was in centimeters squared because that is such a um, cross-dimensional type muscle. So, and they did get improvements. Now the um, longissimus dorsi, they showed no improvement in that. It stayed the same, but it's only because when they were doing the gymnastic obstacles, they were at a walk. So I think probably if you would see a trot, 
the horse would probably round and engage that muscle more. But this was only done, the gymnastics were only done with walking. And we'll get to that. I kind of jumped ahead, Kate. I was just going to say, I think I've probably confused people because I jumped in. So the stretches that we've talked about so far with the dynamic mobilization exercises. So that was one group of horses. And then another group was the gymnastic group, which we can talk about now. And the pelvic tilt was in the gymnastic group. So I've crossed wires there. Apologies. Um, So the stretches we talked about, the cervical stretches, the baited stretches, that was in the dynamic uh, mobilization exercises. But um, they did have that group that did gymnastic exercises. Yeah, they did the um, dynamic mobilization plus the gymnastics. So they were kind of warmed up, like we talked about that first episode with the dynamic stretches. And then they went into the gymnastic part of it, which I think is important to look at. That first they did the baited stretches and then they went on a course. And this is not being ridden this is just uh walking the horse with a halter on and um I thought it was very well thought out that um they would do the pelvic tilting first five reps each rep having a five second hold and then they did backing up one time but 10 steps to back up and if you think about it when a horse backs up that head lowers and they engage that hind end. And that was part of that pelvic stabilization. That's important because especially as a horse ages, sometimes they're not as strong in their back end. And uh, that's one way you can kind of keep all those muscles engaged. And then they had tight turns, three reps to the left. And preferably around a barrel or a cone would work and then three reps to the right and then the obstacle was 40 centimeters high or 16 inches and that that was 10 minutes of going over an obstacle at a walk so if you would so that was just a pole that was raised Yes, yes. And you did equal turning clockwise and counterclockwise to come back to it. So make sure you're not always turning to the left or turning to the right, alternate. And then, um, you know, if you wanted to engage a little more and you have a healthy horse, you could go ahead and just trot do a, a, you know, lead line trot with them and they'll go over it. And they thought that would possibly engage that LD muscle more or that uh, long long isthmus uh, dorsi muscle, which that's the longest muscle in the horse's back. It's um, a very, very important muscle for stabilization. And they found that it was this combination of the gymnastic exercises. So the gym group did these gymnastic exercises along with the dynamic mobilization exercises. So we had our dynamic stretching, our gymnastic exercises, and this was the group that seen the improvement in stride length that Nancy was talking about. And my favorite finding in this entire paper was that they found three times a week was sufficient 
going above three times a week made no difference. And I just loved that because I feel like horse owners are that are super busy are just going to rejoice <laughs> at knowing that. And um, I mean, particularly from a human point of view, I've had physio in the past where I've been told, you know, if you do these seven exercises three times a day in two weeks, you'll have an improvement. And I remember being like, seven exercises three times a day? Like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. And it becomes <laughs> overwhelming. And then you almost do no exercises <laughs> because of it. So I loved yeah. that it was just three days a week, you know, and you can include this as a part of your warm-up routine before you go out and do your hack or you do your um, schooling or whatever training or riding you do with your horse it doesn't have to be 25 minutes of work you know you can shorten this down and include it just three times a week and see a benefit yeah and the thing is that multifidus muscle they really saw a significant increase in that and that's the muscle that kind of fills in for each and every vertebrae. So it's very important in stabilization of the verte vertebra in the horse. So, um, you know, just the fact you can do that three days a week. Um, I even wrote out a kind of a fitness schedule for my 26 year old, because in the heat we've been having here in the States, this is something she could do three days a week and it would not involve really high respirations or anything that may overheat her. And I thought this is not only good for therapy horses, but this is something I might use in my senior horses to help them stay flexible and have good muscle health. Yeah, what stood out to me was um, the fact that they used a cohort that carry unbalanced in their core and they're you know uncoordinated to a degree when they're on their back and and potentially overweight as well which Nancy and I have a past episode of gosh I think it's it's at least two years ago now about rider weight and yeah. um, because there are issues when it comes to that so that is a consideration obviously but what I thought this was really applicable too is anyone who's using their horses for novice riders, so in riding schools where you've got riders that are learning that core strength, and obviously there needs to be an aside where they do some kind of yoga or Pilates really complements um, horse riding quite well, or um, Nancy and I have talked about like strength training, cardio, lots of things for being a healthy human to get up on the horse's back. But in those early years, you're really just learning and you often see novices almost like a sack of potatoes on the horse's back, like having it's very hard to get your brain to kind of process all the things that are happening at once. And um, so I thought this was really applicable, you know, really, it could be something that's implemented with all riding school ponies that they do this three times a week. You're right, Kate. I didn't think about that. But, you know, they said there's uh, people tend to have a lack of alternative types of exercise and you know the overweight poorly balanced poorly coordinated riders increase that stress on a horse's back and then that goes all the way down the shoulder into the 
the hooves and I've done hoof trimming on some therapy horses and their hooves get out of balance as well from the rider being you know, unbalanced. So um, it's wonderful that they came up with this um, alternative types of exercise that isn't really riding the horse into the ground. It's doing these nice and easy exercises that will improve the muscle strength and the muscle flexibility. And using something like trotting poles is just a great I mean, it's something obviously a lot of people still use, but I always think of it as like an old school exercise. And it's not fancy, but it's perfect and functional and gets them to really work on their core as well. So a great addition to your routine. And as I mentioned before, it's just it doesn't have to be 25 minutes. You know, you can incorporate some of this in a shorter period of time and come up with something that works for your horse. Definitely the the dynamic stretching and some of the gymnastic movements would would be great as a starter to move into including this. What would you say, Nancy? What would you kind of highlight? I I really like the gymnastic work and I like the fact that they did this from the ground because I think sometimes um you know we tend to want to ride all the time and we don't want to do too much from the ground with our horses. And this gives an alternative that we're not on their back, um, you know, kind of inhibiting some of their more natural movement. And then, um, so I'm kind of, uh, favorited the gymnastic exercise, but I've always loved Cavaletti poles and doing that type of work pickup sticks in an arena where you have all these ground poles and you have to let you know go over each of them even though they might not be in any order and anything that kind of helps the horse with picking up their feet and um, using their brain as well I'm really a, a fan of those types of exercises yeah, I think it is just about incorporating the things that we used to do for years. Yeah. And um, just not kind of running away with new novelties and new ideas because it's great when we've got evidence-based practice to move forward and be like, okay, we can actually do this better. But I love when it goes back to basics equally and we can incorporate these little changes that are achievable. Like it, I do think three times a week is achievable. There might be some people listening that are shaking their heads at that, that they don't have time. But even if you just incorporate one stretch, like just pick one, right? Okay, I'm going to do the cervical, you know, chin to chest, chin to knees, chin to four fetlocks. And I'm just going to include that. Then after a couple of weeks, once you feel like you've really got that down, you're going to add in another exercise. Once you've got that down, you'll add in another one. And eventually over time, you will fit this into your routine and um, because I do really feel like three days a week is achievable which I know I've already said but <laughs> if you do just one at a time you're still making an improvement so once you've got a number of them included you're going to see an impact but doing one is better than doing nothing so sometimes it's just taking that first step to start incorporating something new into your routine 
I think that's a good point, Kate. And how often do maybe we won't ride because the weather's bad? You could do some of these in a barn mm -hmm. and at night if your horses are in or bring them in and you don't have to be out riding to do these. This is a good winter routine as well for when the ground might be too slick or not ideal for riding. So um, is this open access? This paper was actually put by Kate. Oh, good. Because I'll put the link. I'll on double check that, but I'm pretty sure it was open access. Yeah, um, very good. Uh, anybody can read this and um, make their own plan, make their own schedule and um, you know, use it for uh, whenever you you want to use it, whether it's off riding days or before riding or after riding. So um, I really enjoyed it, Kate. Thanks for picking it out. No, it's no problem. I've really enjoyed this stretching series. Um, yeah. The only thing I wanted to add to this actually is in incorporating any of these stretches or routines, and this this really sounds like kind of caveat added in but genuinely if your horse isn't fit and healthy don't try and do this like I, I can't stress enough the damage you can do with stretching if a horse is injured you need to follow veterinary and veterinary physiotherapy advice and um, so if you're noticing a problem in your horse don't just add these in even if you think the problem is they don't have enough core stability and we've said this will help it please don't do it without getting some advice because you never know what other underlying problem is going on there and we can do more damage than good if we use it inappropriately. Great point, Kate. That's a good point to end on is um, always check with your veterinarian or your veterinary physio before you begin any type of um, treatment plan or fitness plan. And I might have a look actually, Nancy, now to see what... Uh, what massage research is out there and we could probably do an episode on that at some point and um, okay. and thank you again to the listeners that listen and to the listeners that <laughs> request research because this was off the back of a request a request three weeks ago so and yeah. um, it's been it's been really really interesting I've actually learned a lot through it so keep those coming in if you do have any areas you'd like us to look into Otherwise, Nancy and I will just go free reign with it and <laughs> we'll continue to come up with what interests us and what we think you might like to hear. Um, but this has been a great one. Yep. Thanks so much. And I think it was Michaela that yes. started the whole process. So thank you, Michaela. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another episode. Brilliant. Thanks, Nancy. Take care. Oh, thank you. Bye bye.